emotionally and physically exhausted from a weekend of gaming and superheroes, will decompress with the Lollygaggers podcast. In this episode, Justin talks Scooby Apocalypse in Alaska 2022, while Jeff murders hotel-going carnies in France 1831. Both Lollygaggers then break down Avengers Infinity War, and in the night with the Gentleman's Challenge. Welcome to episode six of the Lollygaggers podcast, a show that's about games and comics and movies and all sorts of geek stuff. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I am your other host, Justin. Uh, hey, man. Hey, hey, happy International Tabletop Day. I don't, I don't know what that is. I have uh, no idea. Today is International about. Tabletop Day. Today. Okay. Yeah, so basically it's a thing. It's been going on for a couple years now. I don't remember when it actually started. Um, I, I want to say, I want to say, geek, did Geek and Sundry start this? I don't know. I should probably know this. I, pro- I probably should just like Wikipedia this really quick. But essentially it's like one day a year in April where it's just International Tabletop Day and it's where a whole bunch of people, anybody who's into like, you know, board games or role-playing games or like miniature war gaming or whatever, any sort of any tabletop game, right? It's just like people get together and play. And like that's what it is. And so there's all sorts of different things that go on today. So there's like streamers who will, or on Twitch or YouTube or Alpha, like, uh, uh, like I think that's kind of like a, I'm not sure. I think Alpha is, is a paid for product, if I recall correctly, but, uh, and it's where people just sort of do, like they stream their gameplays, they put it on social media. Sometimes there's uh there's like charity stuff involved and everything. Uh, well, it's how, pretty did, cool. how did you participate today in the most glorious of days? Well, we started, uh, it's funny that you ask, uh, we started like really, really late last night. Um, because uh, I just recently got into a little campaign of Kingdom Death Monster. I'm not ready to go into Kingdom Death Monster in full force yet, but I've been doing that the past two weeks uh, with my wife and my friends Josh and Long, and we've been we've been starting this really long campaign. And so we we started we basically started our tabletop day on uh, at like 12:01. So like it was like 12:01. Like we didn't start Some then, but I mean we started earlier in the day, but like games. we played until after midnight for like the second week in a row. And then today, uh, I had to do I had to do the Infinity War thing in the morning, uh, but then my wife and I have been playing games. Guys, since. I gotta leave for like three hours. Just hold down the ship till I get back. <laughs> no, no, they weren't around anymore. It's just my wife, uh, my wife and I. And then you know today, uh, we'll probably play more games tomorrow because I think you know Sundays are are kind of more of our our open day. Saturdays we're kind of running around doing stuff, uh, but Sundays we'll probably get more games in. Uh, but yeah, it's International Tabletop Day, and, and I'm trying to, one of my goals with the, the podcast is to get you gaming more, and hopefully get you and your wife gaming more, and that was one of the reasons I introduced Well, we you are addicted you. to that exit game. We bought another yeah. one. We you did? One. Oh, yeah. sweet. Which one did you so, get? Which one did you uh, I forget what it was, but it's a level three, so it's a level up from what we played last nice. time. So nice. hopefully it's challenging enough where it's going to piss us off, and we're going to uh, start fighting again. That's the whole point. So that's that's I, the goal. Is to be yeah, I'm, I'm starting you off with these because they're cheap and they're kind of you can get them in, you can get 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 into them and they're done. They're like one shots, but I am eventually going to graduate you and you and Chrissy to to some higher level two player games that we'll get to. I, I do want to get code names, but I don't know if code names is good for two people. Like I don't know you can, yeah. There's a there's code names duet. You can get code names duet, and then all of the code names have. Because there's a bunch of different types of code names now. There's code names Marvel, which I know you would love, and there's code names Disney, which I know you and your wife would love, and there's just straight up code names Duet, and it's like code names Disney or code names Marvel. Like there's two different sides to cards. Like one side it's pictures, and one side it's it's words. 
And there are two player, there are two player rules. Like I have the original code names and my wife and I have played two player and like in the, the, the rules for two player are a little different, obviously, than they are for, for teams, but it's still really fun. Uh, so I would definitely encourage you to get that. And it's cheap as cheap as heck. Like yeah, we're probably code names you can get 10 to 20 bucks or so. Disney or Marvel, probably one of yeah. those two. You should totally do that. Maybe I'll make that a challenge someday. Not today though, because uh, we'll get to that later. But okay. uh, I got one for you. What? Don't you, don't you worry, buddy. I got one for you. <laughs> All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's uh, let's focus in on what we've been doing. So, I am going to go ahead and start because it's tabletop day, and I and I and I'm doing like all tabletop stuff uh, in my news and opening segment here, and I want to start by talking about a game my wife and I played today called The Bloody Inn. Uh, I don't you, you've never heard of this. It's okay. Disgusting. It's delightful in a disgusting way. Um, it's a game that came out a couple years ago, back in 2015. It's designed by a guy named Nicolas Robert. I think it's Robert. I think he's French, so I don't think the T is pronounced. I could totally be wrong by that. Uh, it's published by Pearl Games and Asmodee. Uh, Pearl Games, I think if you recall, a couple episodes ago, I talked about Trois. It's the same company. Yeah, and then yeah, during yeah. our little practice episodes, uh, I talked about Dave's too. So I, I have a ton of Pearl Games. I don't know how this happened. I just do. Uh, but... The Bloody Inn is, is a little different because it's a it's kind of a small card game. It's up to and it can play up to four. I think there's a solo component, but I've never played it solo. My wife and I usually just play it like one v one, but I've introduced a couple other people to it. Uh, and so everyone who's playing takes on the role of like a really greedy and corrupt family member that uh, this family owns and operates an inn in like this small remote village in France, and it's set in like 1831. The game is loosely inspired by real life events like if you actually look up like the red inn or the bloody inn from like france 1831 you can read about it and it's creepy uh, because what I, like the whole premise of the game is based generally around like these murders that took place uh in this location so the game's totally card driven and it's all about gaining money and you gain money from doing a couple different things but it's totally card driven and it's and it's uh, a feature like multi-use cards is i would say you can categorize it as Whereas, like, when you have cards, you can do different things with them. And each card is basically a guest. And so since everyone's playing as a member of a family that operates this inn, uh, every round in the game, a bunch of guests show up at the end, and we put them in different rooms within that inn. And the guests are represented on cards, and the cards are drawn from a deck. And some of them, there's different types of, different types of guests or different types of travelers. Some are nobles, some are cops, some are builders. And there's a new expansion, and this is one of the reasons we played it today, because we were playing the new expansion. Some are carnies, like carnival goer, you know, carnival uh, uh, carnival yeah. people. So, like, there's My a people. dwarf character, there's, like, the bearded lady, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so every round, uh, several of these travelers, you, you draw them from the deck, and you place them in various rooms of the inn, and then you use your cards to do a variety of things. So you can expend cards that you have in your hand to bribe guests, which means that you take them from the table and bring them into your hand. Uh, you can use cards to kill guests, which means you can draw, you can take a card from the table, flip it over, put it in your play area, and it's their corpse, and their corpse is in front of you. And then like the back of the cards has like a little gravestone and everything. And then these corpses are lying around your hotel. And Justin, like, I know we're not hotel managers, but like, if you have corpses lying around the hotel, that's just not good. So you kind of need to bury those things. And where, might we bury a bunch of corpses around a hotel? Like, where, where would you bury it? Um, the lobby. That's... 
I'm not really good yeah. at running hotels. Yeah, you're. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Uh, you would bury corpses beneath the buildings, right? And so what you can right. do is you can expend cards to build buildings, uh, and then you can expend cards to bury corpses beneath those buildings. And whenever you bury a corpse beneath a building, before you bury the corpse, you rifle through its, you know, through its clothes, you know, that, that corpse's clothes and gain all their money, right? And so the, the Franks go into your pool and like you gain more and more money. And so the hard part of the game is, is that you have only two actions per round and you have to figure out like, how am I gonna do this? Because I only have so many cards and every time I wanna do something pretty much, I have to use cards to do it. And like the cards are the guests themselves. So it's all this multi-use card stuff. And at the end of a round, if you have unburied corpses lying around, uh, and there's cops on the board still, then you have to bribe the heck out of them. Like you lose a ton of money uh, if that happens. So you have to time it right so that you kill some, that, like you kill a corpse, or you kill a you kill a traveler, and you make sure that the corpse isn't lying around. And there's a cop on the board, and so you have to bury that stuff. But there's it's really really it's a very tight game, meaning like there's very limited amount of actions that you can do per round. And then since every single action almost takes the you know takes your cards to do the do so like you really have to start timing it and comboing it pretty pretty you know really really well and so after several rounds like there's like basically two types of ways to play this game there's like the short game and the long game and that determines how big of the deck that you draw from we always play the long game because we have a little bit more fun with it so like on one side of the this really little scoring board is like the deck and then you like draw from it and then you have a discard pile and then you play through the discard pile and then the game's over and it usually takes maybe like an hour like at least for two players, we, we get it done usually in about an hour. And then whoever has the most francs at the end, uh, or francs or however the hell you pronounce it, uh, they win. Um, so it's a really fun game. It's really, it's it's very macabre. Like it's very, <laughs> it's very kind of dark. It's very dark, but like, it's not like brutal and disgusting or gross in the terms of like the art. In fact, the art in this game is amazing. It's like my favorite art in any board game. It's the type of game that, I, I honestly, if I ever got tired of playing the game, I would just take all the player cards and put it in a picture frame and hang it on the wall. Like the arts by a guy named Weberson Santiago. And he has a website, you can just Google them. Web, Weberson Santiago, he does like kids books and all sorts of things. Um, and it's just absolutely amazing. Like the art, like I know it's it's very style, stylized. So it's got like this creepy abstraction to it and how each character is kind of painted. It's just like, like a deranged Picasso cubism type thing going on. Um, I don't think everyone will like it. It's certainly stylized, but it like when I saw the first artwork for the card like years ago before the game was was actually really previewed, like I was like hooked. And I know he's gone on to do art for like other games. I think he's he did like a reprint of Coup, which is a really popular game that's been around a long time, and it's just like the same style. Uh, so I very just love interesting this, art. This I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. So between Lots like a really. Colors. Oh, tons of color. And like, not like there are different types of guests and most guests have their own unique art, but then there's like certain guests, like if, if there's two grocers, they have the same, you know, they have the same art, but like there's, you know, dozens or more different types of, of portraits on these cards and all the cards are just fantastic. So um, between the theme being just bizarre and macabre and just really strange. And then like the art being amazing and being a really nice tight game, game that my wife and I can play pretty quickly. I love this game and the Carnies expansion is pretty cool. We haven't played through all the modules. It's like a modular expansion. So there's like a couple of different things you can add to the game. You can like replace certain, you can place, replace like nobles with notables. You can throw Carnies into it. Then you can add some extra randomization if you want. We've only done like two of the modules so far, which is like adding the Carnies and adding some extra notables. And it was pretty good. It's pretty, it's had some little bit more variance in how it's played. Um,
but so far so good. Uh, but that's the Bloody Inn. Uh, it's by Pearl Games and Asmodee. Uh, it's out right now. It's a fairly cheap game too. It won't cost you too much. Uh, I think the game somewhere in somewhere in the twenty to thirty dollar range, and then like the the Carnies expansions in like the ten to twenty dollar range as well. If you're interested. Uh, but that's the bloody end. Right, nice. Yeah, man. What about you? What you been doing? Well, this Friday, I went to my first uh, FNM for Magic the Gathering. FNM is Friday Night Magic. What my first FNM for Friday Night Magic? Probably in a year. I haven't done like face to face magic in the longest time. Especially, I since remember I this... that you used to do this a lot too, because we used to tease yeah. you for like splitting the pot and stuff all the time. Whatever. No, listen, I'm a god, <laughs> right? And I'm really good. At it. I just, I, I don't. There's not a lot of good shops around where we're at. We got one. It's really close to my home, but like, on average, like eight people show up, and they don't usually fire off on Friday nights. And so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, uh, like a throw up whether or not you're gonna be able to play that night. So it's just like. You're wasting time sometimes. I've been there, waited an hour, and then nothing happened. Go home, just kind of like a type of scenario. But a new set came out. Uh, it's called Dominaria. Uh, and Dominaria is, like, where magic originated from. Like, the original, like, set piece setting where the first sets of all of the cards came out in. Yeah, and, old school uh, Yeah, so, like, there's lots of cards that I haven't seen in years that make me really happy because like i have you know i have like the really old art of them like i don't know if you know any of these cards like sarah angels a really really old card um, i remember some of it i mean honestly i probably like i played when it first came out like i was in high school when it yeah. first came out and i remember playing it like during lunch breaks and stuff in high school and i played it for maybe a year but i really didn't want to commit to constantly having to buy like packs and not yeah it's them. a it's a it's a money hole is, what is the prodigal sorcerer in in there i don't think so but I, like, I, I remember the prodigal source, the ju like so juggernauts in there. That's an old classic that I remember back in the day. And some okay. of the old characters like Multani Maro Sorcerer, which is an old card that I had back when I was like nine that now it's like, Oh man, I can get him again. It's pretty cool. And it's pretty I much see. the same thing. So it's just like, it's interesting. And, uh, but it's like the same stuff, but like they have some of the same characters, but they have little twists on them. Uh, cause it's been 20 years or whatever. Um, we did a little draft, so when you draft, basically, there's eight of us. You all get in a circle, and everyone buys three packs. And then the way you run a draft is a lot like kind of like a football draft. Is you pull a, a pack of cards, you open it up, and then you pick one you want to take. And then when you pick it, you then put the stack to the person next to you. Hmm. And then every, the person that's to the right of you uh, passes their stack to you. And basically, you just kind of keep picking from the packs. And on the first pack, someone picked a $40 card. And I was like, son of a bitch. But like it was the thing, just like oh man, uh, but like uh, it was a, uh, it's really interesting. So you get three packs and you're able to do that, and then at the end you put all those cards that you pick together, and make a deck out of it. It's only supposed to be a forty card deck because normal decks like sixty cards, but this is just a right. forty card deck, and you can basically make whatever you want out of the cards you pick. That's pretty cool, actually. So I made I've a, never I've never played Magic that way. I've it's it's a really like fun way for like anyone to get yeah. in play, like. If you don't have a constructed deck, if you want everyone to play and everyone be on the same even playing ground, it's the easiest way right. to do it. Right. I mean, you still you still probably need to know like deck yeah. construction and stuff, but like, yeah, I mean, like. But I haven't even like looked at any. Yeah. yeah, I haven't even looked at any like um, online spoilers and stuff, so I don't even know like what some of these cards do. 
So I was pretty blank to everything. I was like, I was reading almost every card that I was looking at. Because I really didn't know what was going on. But anyways, I played and uh, I ended up going 2-1 with myself a pack of cards. That's pretty sweet. I came in like third place. I'm, I'm really Did bad at... Was that? Did anything good come in that in that pack? You get any, no, any I probably made a total of maybe about... Or anything? No, probably made a total of maybe about 20 cents in cards. But okay. uh, it was just fun. Every little bit. It was yeah. it was the it was the experience, and sure. then and then uh, subsequently I went home, went on Arena, and bought twenty dollars worth of cards on Arena, because they opened up Dominaria on Arena and started playing that. And now is I, that still in beta or is that like it's in beta? And now what they what they did is like you can buy, you know, every game every game with microtransactions has these like little like special gems or gold you can buy. Well, the gems you buy on uh, Arena are going to fold over when it goes live. So like you'll get all those gems back. Very cool. Very so like cool, yeah. I wouldn't have done it because they just they just unlocked gems this Friday when they unlocked Dominaria on it, and I was like I don't know. But then my friend told me yeah they they, they fold over to when it releases. I'm like all right, well I'll keep it then. And so I, I asked my wife, can I can I buy twenty dollars worth of imaginary cards? And she's like sure go ahead. I'm like all right sweet. And so I got to do that. So that's what I did. What else did you do this week? So I've been looking at a couple of Kickstarters um, and in the kind of the tabletop spirit, uh, I want to touch on a potential RPG that I'm looking at. So there's a, there's an RPG up on Kickstarter called Overlight and it's being written by two guys. One's named Paul Alexander Butler and the other is George Holland. And it's being published by Renegade Game Studios. Now Renegade Games is like a a really popular company right now in the tabletop board game world. Um, they've been publishing some pretty strong board games over the past few years. Uh, there's a game called Altiplano, which was pretty popular last year. It's a game about llamas, uh, but it's still, yeah, I mean, it's about llamas, about but it's still llamas. really good. It's about llamas, <laughs> but it's, it's, I haven't played it, but I've played like a game called Orleone, which is, it's somewhat compared to, it's like a bag builder. Then they, they, I think right now they, are really well known for this series of games called Clank. Um, so there's like just Clank, and then there's like Clank in Space, which is a space version of it. And it's like a deck building game where um, like you're trying to escape a monster or you're trying to kind of wander around a spaceship, depending on whether you got the fantasy version or the space version. Um, and so those are really popular. There's also Ex Libre, which is a, a game about uh, being a librarian. Uh, and then there's uh, Raiders of the North, uh, North Sea, which is another really popular one that they've been publishing. Uh, so they're really, they're kind of like hitting it in all cylinders lately. Um, but they're they're publishing, it's up on Kickstarter right now, it's called Overlight RPG. Uh, specifically, they phrased it as a role-playing game of kaleidoscopic fantasy. Uh, it's sort of like their, their subtitle of their campaign. Um, the story of the RPG has kind of, it gives me like a Prometheus gives fire to humans vibe, uh, if you know that kind of old mythological story. Uh, basically the story is that serpentine celestial beings uh, that have, uh, the, that have been around, uh, in the world or in what's called the overlight or something like that. Um, they are the caretakers of the cosmos, you know, like they're the, the, the so ones that have been observing. snake people are the caretakers of the cosmos? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, so they, uh, so they've been around a while and they've been watching humans on earth and they're like, and some of them are like, you know. I think humans are ready to know the secrets behind, uh, you know, e existence and creation. Uh, but some others, uh, you know, the, the orthodoxy, uh, those snake orthodoxy people, they're like, no, 
they're not ready. But then like the serpentine Prometheus was like, nah, I'm gonna tell him anyway. Uh, and so this like, this serpentine Prometheus goes and warns that he goes and tells the humans all these secrets. And then he says specifically, he's like, do not use the black key. And so like, whenever you tell somebody to do something like that, it's like telling a person who's like really high up not to look down. I mean, what's the first thing you're gonna do? You're gonna, you're gonna look down. And so, uh, so the humans, uh, they use that black key and, and basically all reality just goes crazy. Uh, they have a quote on here. It says, uh, the burning heart of the world was now the bright white unending sky and the unknowable depths of space now a vast star-filled sea beneath. Entire continents float in space between without a moon or sun to guide them. So there's no moon. Uh, there's no sun. There are still seven continents. So, hey, that's cool. Um, but now they're called shards and they float in the sky now. Uh, and there's like an infinite sparkling sea and there's like a very specific vertical order within which these seven continents or shards float. And so that's kind of the setting, the world within which you are at. Each of these shards uh, has their own distinct climate and culture and they all have like their own playable folk. Folk is like the term they use. It's just sort of like race, like for other RPGs and things like that. So there's like the Terixian who are like feathered reptiles and there's the Banyari, which are kind of the, the tree hugger, nature-like people. Uh, there's one called, I think it's the Hamanu, who are apes, um, which is cool, because uh, apes are cool. Uh, and players play uh, characters, like, their characters are called Skyborn, and they basically can manipulate the overlight, which is what has replaced sort of the sun and the moon. Like there's no light from the sun or the moon anymore. It's just this thing called the overlight. Um, technology is kind of like the Middle Ages or early Renaissance. There's no guns or anything like that, but you can use all sorts of weird magical-like skills. Um, so there's skills, and there's these, like, the magical-type skills are kind of called chromas, and there's also these things called virtues, and between skills, chromas, and virtues, that's how you make your character. Much like any other RPG, you use, you know, polyhedral dice to, to roll tests and checks and whatnot. Uh, so it looks like a really interesting setting and kind of a, a different different take. Um, you know, I'm used to playing, like lately I've been playing Starfinder, like I've been talking about in our role, in the roleplay sessions. And prior to that, I had a really long D&D session, or D&D campaign that was running. And then here and there, I do these little one-off, like one shots or two shots in sort of a more uh, modern day kind of urban fantasy setting. Uh, but I, I every now and then I like to look at like other RPG settings and see how things are going a little bit differently. So this is up on Kickstarter, kind of caught my eye. It's got these kind of some interesting art uh, almost has a, a kind of a watercolor feel to some of it in the way in which the some of the images are portrayed um i like the idea of like floating islands that act the, the concept of float floating islands as a theme played like pretty predominantly in my uh in our D, &D campaign for like a year and a half pandora uh, <laughs> yes very very much uh, so there's a couple different pledge levels. There's uh, there's the PDF level where you can just get the PDF version of the book for 30 bucks and like some digital stretch goals. There's also a $50 level, which gives you the hardcover book, the PDF, a dice bag and some stretch goals. And then there's a couple add-ons uh, that you can add on to your pledge, uh, like custom dice and a GM screen and some art books and stuff. Uh, so it looks pretty interesting. looks pretty cool. If you're interested in RPGs, if you're, if you're kind of in, looking to get into tabletop or if you're maybe tiring a little bit, on maybe doing the same old, you know, D and D go hunt a dragon type of thing, and want to shake it up and do something a little different. Uh, take a look at Overlight, uh, the RPG game by uh, by Renegade Game Studios. It's up on Kickstarter now, and nice. I think there's about a little over two weeks to go. I think it ends like mid May sometime. All right. So take a look. Okay. All right. What about you, bud? 
Um, I watched the first episode. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm three weeks behind. But I watched the first episode of uh, Legion. Oh, and nice, nice. I want to talk about it. I'm so, I mean, I assume you've watched it already. I right? have not yet. Oh we, my but god, dude! We haven't. We've been collecting them because, like, we love the show. It's so good. Get so frustrated when an episode's over, and I'm like, hey, I want to keep watching. So we're like, just not reading anything. It's we're just very, collecting a bunch, and then we're going. It's very Hickman esque. Remember, we talked about Jonathan Hickman the yeah. other day. It's yeah. very Hickman esque, where they really they drop all these breadcrumbs in an episode and then you have no idea what's happening because the the way the 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 show is shot is so left and right so upside down of what they're doing and then by the end of the episode you're like oh okay but then there's still stuff they haven't answered like i'm not trying to spoil anything but there's a dance off in the first episode and it's glorious Um, does it save the world i don't know what it's doing that's a I, and it's a moment in the episode just like what is happening but the show's brilliant and <laughs> i just really wish that more shows that are related to these big uh companies like you know like marvel or dc would take more risks because legion sure does and it's it's so interesting how they don't just like push the boundaries they shatter any type of what you think this type of show should be yeah and and it is uh i had no idea had absolutely no idea what it was when i went into it like i like you know me i'm not a huge comic book guy there's you know certain graphic novels i gravitate to but like not really a superhero guy i just don't really track that those kinds of things and so i was like okay x-men all right, but I'll watch it, you know, because I think I like to support those shows when they come on. So I watch them and I watch and I was like, what, 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 what is this? What is happening? I was and very like, hesitant uh, at the beginning because I'm like, how are you going to make this character interesting? Because yeah. he's like a God level powered mutant. That's just nuts. Right. That was the whole thing in the comic books that he's sure. crazy and these personalities are unlocked and he becomes dangerous because mm. his father was Professor X and all stuff. But like they do such a great job of making the viewer almost seem like they're losing their mind, you know, with some, with some of the stuff that they do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just brilliant. Aubrey Plaza is great in it. The cast is great too. Like, yeah. um, it's got Jermaine from uh flight of the Concords. I forget. His name. I know, man. Oh but my he's, God. But he's, he's so weird up. too. He's, he's such a weird actor and he does a great job. Aubrey Plaza is so weird and she does a great job. Cause I think she's a, a fantastic actress and she mm-hmm. does like really weird roles. Like her role on Parks and Rec is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, the guy who has the, I forget his name, but he splits into two people. He's like a super famous physical actor that's been like been doing comedies since he was in his 20s. I forget his name. Really? But, like he's, he's like a really big like uh, physical actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. But like he's very strange too. And it mm-hmm. shows in all these episodes how how weird it all is and i i absolutely love it i was watching it for an hour i i just feel like i'm entranced because it's so weird and so well the aesthetic i love the aesthetic of it like just uh, the actual layout of it how it's got this like 1970s retro retro e type vibe to it i love it yeah it's a great cinematography is fantastic like different angles and different things that happen out of nowhere but like it seems and it's almost it's almost to the point where it's like they're trying too hard, but then they're not. You know what I mean? Because like 
you can get these artsy fartsy shows that are they're really trying to like push the boundaries of like cinematography but like to me it's completely appropriate for what's going on because you're dealing with a guy whose brain is not together and it's really really interesting but i started watching that and i only watched the first episode there's four out right now i think so Something like that. we're gonna have to i'm gonna keep watching them my wife she doesn't like it she thinks it's just so weird <laughs> she's really not into that stuff but i she's wrong yeah she can just go watch her ncis yeah. in the room i don't care yeah it's fine <laughs> she could just go watch boss baby i don't care yeah you watch boss the baby netflix TV show. the netflix show because yeah. apparently that's a thing so so yeah. other than that uh kickstarter what else have you been doing well, I got, I got one more Kickstarter, actually. And uh, okay. It's, it, All right. it's a follow-up, because I said in our first episode, uh, when I read the news, that Mantic Games was publishing uh, a Hellboy game, Hellboy board game. Ooh. Uh, that was coming to Kickstarter. To Hellboy. It is, and I'm following up. It is now up on Kickstarter. It just came up uh, this past week. Uh, so it's, I think it's just called Hellboy the Board Game. So if you just search for it there, it's by Mantic Games. It's a cooperative miniatures game for one to four players. So there's a, there's a solo component. It's designed by James M. Hewitt, who also designed uh, Necromunda Underhive and Warhammer Quest Silver Tower. These are, these are big, big games that came out the past couple of years, uh, Games Workshop games. Uh, it's also it's being published by Mantic Games, and Mantic Games has done has also like they they're a miniatures game company. And that's what they do. They have like Dead Zone, Dreadball, Kings of War, a couple other things, um, and it's got art by Mike Mignola himself, right? So like he's Mike Mignola is such a good artist. He's yeah, so, so like I mean, if you take a look at the Kickstarter, you're gonna see like his art all over the place. Uh, so. Yeah, so it's a one to four, one to four player cooperative miniatures game. Uh, every, everyone who plays plays as a member of the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, so the, the BPRD. Uh, and the core game includes like playable characters: Hellboy, Abe Sapien, Liz Sherman, and Johan Kraus. Uh, but there's also been some stretch goals that have been opening up for additional playable characters. So there's Lobster Johnson and Roger. I'm not sure what else they have planned, but those are just Lobster two. Lobster Johnson. Yeah, those are the two I remember off the top of my head. Um, it's a scenario-based game, so this isn't like campaign or legacy. This is a scenario-based game, and each game focuses on a specific mission uh, where the BPRD is investigating. Uh, there's like these one of the the main mechanics or the, the the way the game is timed out is with this kind of dual track. One of them is called the Impending Doom track, and the other is called the Information Gathered track. Uh, and so, when you spend time investigating for clues at certain locations. Uh, that can advance the impending doom track closer to humanity's destruction type of thing. Uh, and conversely, if you don't do enough investigation, you can go to like the final showdown, like unprepared and, and get wrecked, uh, that kind of thing. There's also um, this thing called the, the deck of doom, which is what they're promising replayability with. Because when you play the game, when you play a scenario for the first time, uh, a lot of the details of that scenario come in a case file that's sealed. And so the first time you play, you're like, it's sealed. So you don't know anything about it, but when you play it again, you're going to already know some details. So there's got to be some way to add replayability to it because you don't want to just play it once and then never play it again. So they have this thing called a deck of doom, which adds some variability. Uh, so it's like card draws. So there's it adds different events, like special events, special combats, ambushes, uh, advances the timer, kind of increases, you know, increases the stress of the game somehow. Um, there's all sorts of custom dice. Uh, each character has got their own special, unique uh, kind of asynchronous powers inspired by you know the com you know the actual the comics the comic powers themselves. There's inventory cards and stuff, little items you can collect. 
Um, if you back it on Kickstarter, you also can get a uh, an expansion. It's called the the BPRD Archives, which allows you to actually create your own case files, mixing up Ooh. like a bunch of different categories. So there's like you can pull up like I think it's I think there's foes you can put you can you can choose from a bunch of different foes or just randomize it. There's different locations and then there's different deck of doom variations, and so you can mix those things up. Uh, to create all sorts of weird, chaotic, and like kind of devilish combinations, and adding a little bit more replayability as well. Um, now, one of the things I really like about the actual uh, the actual campaign is they already have some rules previews up. And like one of the things that frustrates frustrates me a lot when I look at when I look at Kickstarter's is when rules of the board game aren't up. Like they're saying we're still working on them, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like let's let's see. Like I want to kind of get a sense for like how the game plays, right? So there's rules previews up. There's also playthrough videos. Uh, those are really helpful. Uh, and so if you're, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Hellboy, so I'm already, you know, inclined to, to support it. But like, I also want to make sure that underneath it, there's a good game because I have a lot of cooperative miniatures-based board games. Yeah, I have Zombicide, uh, Black Plague, which is, and I have Massive Darkness. These are both CMON games. Incidentally, there's actually another Zombicide CMON game up on Kickstarter right now. I've got a... I've got a cooperative scenario-based uh, miniatures game based on Big Trouble in Little China coming. And, I, you know, I've got all sorts of different things. It's called Endure the Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about that when I get it. Oh, don't worry. God. I'm going to talk about it for, like, five straight episodes. So, <laughs> like, I, I don't I, – I can't just buy things because I like the IP. I, I like the looks to see if the game has something, you know, a little different, a little bit uni unique in some way. Um, there's only one pledge level, uh, unless you're a retailer, and it's going to run you 131 bucks. Um, these are miniatures oh my games. God, this is pretty standard these days for like big old miniatures games. This is kind of pretty standard, actually. 131, you get the core game, you get the expansion, uh, you get a digital edition of a Seed of Destruction graphic novel, and you get some stretch goals and stuff. Uh, as of the recording, this is uh, this is 428. Uh, so this is April 28th. There are 110 miniatures in the base pledge. Uh, so if they they open up more stretch goals, that that base pledge, that miniature total could go up, but right now there's 110 and they're all based on like Hellboy, the Hellboy universe, right? So uh, that includes the characters, but also the monsters, both big and little. So it uh, looks really interesting. I'm currently a backer. Um, I'll make, I'll probably make my final call closer to the end of the campaign, uh, but I'm leaning towards yes, just because it, I said no to Batman and I'm saying yes, I might say yes to Hellboy here. So, uh, but that's Hellboy, the board game currently on Kickstarter. Uh, it just started this week. There's still a couple weeks left, uh, so you have some time uh, to make a decision and take a look at the campaign if you are interested. So, all right. What about you, man? Anything else? You well, should look into it. I don't know. This this could be a bit of a for you. This I mean, you're not. I'm not sure if you're ready for it's this. A bit of an audacious task, you might say. Like this is a leap. I mean, going from a fifteen dollar exit to one hundred thirty-five to a hundred fifty. That's a leap. Like, but hey, uh, I'm all for it if you do it. Like, <laughs> I, I'm there. Like, support once me. Chrissy, when Chrissy throws you out, you can come, you know, right. hang out. The yeah. short plane flight, I'll be there. <laughs> right on. All right. So, all right, we'll so the last us. thing uh, that I wanted to talk about, uh, I saw this on the Reddits, and I thought immediately of you, and I wanted to inform you Aww. of what is happening. Okay. So on June 25th, 2022... Okay. Right. Sure. This is in 2022. Sure. There is going to be a 40th anniversary party of uh -huh. the thing at uh -huh. Outpost 31, which is in Hang on uh, one second. Alaska. All right. 
just I just I just booked flights. Uh, okay, so, okay, all right. Sorry. Yeah, ready to so, go. it's a it's a outpost thirty one. It's a gathering of people. It's the fortieth anniversary. If you want to know more about it, go to the website outpost thirty one dot com. All right, so okay. this is for you to do. We'll all put right? the link in the in the in the show description somewhere if I can. Yeah, I'll, I'll fit it in. Uh, yeah. The tagline for this event is called man is the warmest place to hide it's true right? man is the warmest place um so the things they have planned is that they have a big old bonfire they're gonna stay there for about two days do a live uh like uh like skype watching of the uh movie uh mm-hmm. there's gonna be video tours of the facility it's the facility that they filmed this at it's the actual place that they filmed the movie at um so it's like a big old gathering of, of hardcore fans of the thing where they can go and be a part of the the stages to which they, they film this at. And uh, I saw this and I was like, holy crap, just going to want to go. I'm so, a little choked up right now. Um, this is honestly you. the best piece of news you have ever collected. <laughs> Not just for the podcast. I mean ever. In life. Uh, yeah. Just like you can retire right now off that. Like you're done. I, oh saw, I just saw I was like, oh, man, this is great. I hope he hasn't this, heard yeah, about this it. Is, I i always wanted to go to alaska so now i have but it's like it's right off of british columbia it's like so like you you fly to british columbia then do a 45 minute drive in the snow and it's in june but it's still snowy and stuff up there so it's a 45 Mm -hmm. minute drive in the snow and you go up there and you're at outpost 31 so i saw this and i thought immediately of you i thought you should know so that's the last little bit of information i have for the week all right man thank you for that thank you for all your legion and magic talk as well uh but i I think we need to move on and talk about the rafe finds and uma thurman and sean connery movie the (laughs) avenger (laughs) so is that not the right one oh crap I've been making that joke way too many times. I've been making that joke way too many times. All right, so we're going to head over to the breakdown, and we're going to talk about the Avengers Affinity War. It's the movie. Breakdown. The Avengers Infinity War is a 2018 film directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe, and stars literally every actor currently alive on planet Earth. It is the third Avengers movie and 472nd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Infinity War sees a very bloated Josh Brolin threatening the universe as Thanos, an entity looking to collect all six Infinity Stones, powerful artifacts from the universe's creation, and use them to implement his far-reaching and draconian population control policies. Standing in his way, both metaphorically and literally, are a ragtag group of superheroes known as, you guessed it, the Avengers. So uh, Justin and I talked about this for a second, and we, we, we've kind of come to the conclusion that there's almost no way to talk about this movie without spoiling impossible. it. Nearly yeah, impossible. so we're going we're gonna to give you kind of our overall kind of view for maybe the first two or three minutes here, and then we're probably going to go spoiler. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and make a sound or just, just make a statement when we're ready to go spoiler. So like, hey, the, we're about yeah, to say spoilers. Like, stop listening right now. But that's just a test. I don't mean stop listening right now. I mean... Just yeah, and because uh, this is this is pretty much Justin's territory. Uh, this is this is comics uh, superheroes, the Avengers. This is his. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and lead this off so uh, he can he can bat in the bottom of the bottom of the inning. I was uh, so just stroking my beard, just like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let me say I'll start by saying this. This was 
by far uh, the my favorite uh, Avengers movie uh, so far. Um, you, I like by the, Avengers. Do you mean like every Marvel movie? No, I just... mean I mean Avengers, like the actual Avengers movies, like the team up, like the, the big events. Okay, okay. right. So of the because there's three, um, correct? If, yeah, if we're yeah, not yeah, counting, you could you know, count Civil War as really. Like yeah, Avengers I mean that kind of is, but I still like this better than, than Civil War. But if we're not counting Ray Fiennes and and, and Uma Thurman's Avengers, and, yeah, and this, you can't. There's, there's three, right? So like. Here. I liked the first one. The first one was solid. It was really good. I liked it. I I don't even re- like the second one. Honestly, man, I don't even remember it. Like it's I just watched it. A I just really I just totally idea. yeah. I like it's just not really on my radar whatsoever. I re- I totally remember everything from Civil War. Like that, I totally do. But like the second Avengers, I I'm like trying to go through the specific plot lines, and I'm like I don't even remember this. But uh, I thought this one was actually really really good. Um, I'll say a few things. Uh, it was pretty broad. Um, we were in multiple locations. There was a huge cast. I make it, I know, my, my description, I was being a little facetious. Uh, it's not every actor. But were you there? Every actor. Were but you there? it's pretty darn close. Even um, some of the new actors, you're like, oh, right. now he's in it now. Huh? That's it. Right, okay. exactly. So, like, there are a lot of characters to keep track of. There's a lot of places to keep track of. Uh, I think the film expects uh, that its viewers know everything that's come prior and and i don't think there's a whole lot of hand holding in terms of understanding it um but i also think that this is a movie that if people are going to see it they probably committed to the other ones prior um but overall i thought it was fantastic i thought it was well shot i thought a lot of the fighting sequences uh were um, awesome um like the, some of the battle sequences some of the things that you see in the trailers uh, so i'm not really spoiling it um what's the setting for for black panther again what's the what's that, that city called? yeah the sections there were awesome those big old fight sequences uh for a moment they reminded me slightly of like star wars uh episode one uh fight sequences but i mean like you know in a good way not not in the, oh, the awful i was about way. to say how dare you yeah yeah like in, in a good way it's like uh, so that was awesome yeah, and it and it also underscored the my need to go see Black Panther because because uh, that place looked freaking cool and those people looked yeah, it's cool. pretty cool. Uh, so like that was really cool. Um, it was nice seeing some of the band get back together. Not everybody, obviously, because there's so many people and that's a really big band. So you kind of got to spread it out. Um, I would say that like certain characters that I don't like, I still don't like. So I still don't like Iron Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't like the guy. Um, I just don't like him. Just rubs me the wrong way. Like even though I agree with some of the things he says, I just I just don't like him. Um, but I love Thor uh, as always. Like Thor, I I like how Thor like they built off the humor from Ragnarok. And there's moments yeah, of that yeah, in like here that too. too, which was really cool. And some of the, I'm not going to say specifically, because different different heroes get paired with different people. Like they kind of get paired up in little duos or trios or small groups. And some of those, at least for me, were unexpected. But at the same time, they kind of worked out. I'm like, and oh, they're, yeah, they're they, pretty good. I would never have thought those like his, two or his, three characters. Yeah. Yeah. His, his small group that he was with, that yeah. was a really interesting, cool. That group. was fantastic. I love that whole story. And then like, uh, Peter Dinklage, like wh- I was like, hey, that's Peter Dinklage. Like, oh, okay. I was like, I was like what? This. That's, yeah, that's Peter Dinklage. What are you doing? That's Peter Dinklage. So uh, I thought, yeah, I thought all that was really good. Um, I thought the pacing was a little peculiar at times because I I do feel like because there were so many different storylines that were going on, and I was trying to understand like how much time transpired in one storyline compared to the other. Like sometimes I thought the balance was a little kind of peculiar. 
but I mean, like that's nitpicking. I, I, I really am nitpicking there. I didn't think it was, it, was, it was that bad, but there are times when like we'll see a segment in one of the locations with one certain group. And then we go into a segment with a different group at a different location and a different group, at a different location. And it's like a good 30 minutes before we get back, you know? And I think that's the problem with like the breadth of having so many characters. Uh, but I mean, overall I was, I was really highly engrossed and, I mean, I, I I am not a Marvel diehard like you are. You know, I'm really not. I'm definitely not an Avengers diehard. Uh, but I, as a, as a person who is a, I call, I would consider myself a casual fan. Like I, that's how I would categorize myself. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely my favorite Avengers movie. I don't, I don't know where I would place it in terms of Marvel movies right now. I'd have to think about that some, and I certainly would want to see Black Panther uh, before I like kind of finalize any of that. But it's definitely top three maybe somewhere in that realm. I don't know if I'd go all the way to one with it, um, but it's definitely top three or four for me, for sure. So the floor is yours, my friend. I've been sitting over here just like, okay. <laughs> all right, so um, let me try and break this down the best I can. Well, it is the breakdown section, so that would, um, that would make sense. Cinematography-wise, I thought it was a fun and vibrant movie. Sure. Um, a, they really did, you know, with the, you know, you have the Guardians and you have Thor and stuff. This, everything in space was very bright and cool. Sure. Um, even with, like, Spider-Man's new suit. You see in the previews, you don't really, it's not really a thing. Sure. Even with yeah. his new suit, you I think. I feel like if it's in the, if it's in the trailer, we're not yeah, spoiling, it's safe. You know? Even with Spider-Man's new suit, you can kind of think of, okay, why is he got to wear that suit? But, like, when he's in space, you're like, you know, it kind of fits with the aesthetic of everything that's going on. Uh, the people they put together were fantastic uh really tony, big fan of some of the combos yeah tony's really little group was great i thought that combo was fantastic the in particular the two people he was with i right. thought that was great and then later on um i thought it's funny because that group has two people that i i traditionally don't actually like uh, yeah you know what i mean and i still enjoyed that it was good yeah. um i thought everything that happened on earth was really interesting and cool i liked some of the twists they did with some of the characters um storyline wise you know and i'm not trying to i will get more into this a little bit later but he's the best villain that, that they've had by far um i agree i, agree. I think he has depth and he has you, you understand where he's coming from and yeah. very hard very rarely in these movies do you get these guys that are just like you you can kind of get behind them you know like a good villain to me is a villain that you can kind of agree with, you know, where you can kind of like, yeah. they're, they're just going about it the wrong way. I hear you. Like, I think I would have liked to have seen more evidence of the, like, why the or how he's come to that conclusion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there was a very brief shot of like, kind of, kind of like a, a mini flashback, but not yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of, you know what I mean? But like, I don't think it did enough to really be like, okay, I can see how logically he can get there. Um, but at the same time, like, is a long movie, and there's a lot of other stuff to get to. So, and like, it, with I, it I being mean, a long movie, too, it was three hours. It didn't feel like three hours. I mean, it's like 240, yeah. 235, 240. Yeah, it was pretty long. It was did pretty not long. seem that way. When we were done, we were like, oh, crap, it was three hours long. And I, I didn't. Know. It yeah. didn't feel that way for me. I, yeah. I thought, you mentioned pacing, and yet, yeah, pacing's a lot to do with, like, where are they at in the in the movie, but, like, Pacing as to what, as to how I felt if it was dragging along at any point, I never felt that. I felt mm -hmm. it was constantly moving in a good direction. It wasn't too fast. If anything, I felt the ending was just like what? 
like oh it's my over. god i know i know whereas, i was like, like wait the, we're ending there yeah well, whereas it was like joke. but three okay. hours went by and part yeah. of me still said i want to watch more you know yeah which is yeah. which is weird that a three-hour movie almost goes by and i'm like with the was yeah. more but uh yeah yeah i i i when i put it on my list of the movies i enjoy with marvel this as it is right now it is number one um overall. i can understand that i can totally see why like i, I don't i don't but, want to rush to that but i can definitely understand that argument yeah but one of the main reasons and i was listening to a, a review about this earlier today one of the main and they had a really good point one of the main reasons that i think it is so good is because it had 10 years of pre-backstory to build upon it to create its right own there world. was no you didn't really have to do any there's large no person stuff. building at all the only right. world building like you had to do jumped into it right. it's maybe thanos and it was, well, and it was only a little bit with him too because we yeah. even had we've we've had him in in you know in guardians of the galaxy we've had yeah. him in other you know other movies and stuff too so like we've had bits and pieces it's like um we kind of talked about last week lord of the rings the return of the king got every award ever Right, they won like fourteen right. a year. Right, and I actually think it was the weakest of the three movies too. But it's because funny. of the culmination of all three. Yeah, it was like this a, is so yeah. good because of the culmination of all twenty, before sure. beforehand. You sure it's twenty? I thought it was four hundred and seventy. Yeah, I may have been off by a couple hundred. I mean, but are we like counting Howard the Duck in this. <laughs> yes, he's he's canon. He's canon. Oh, but like, really. what is more astonishing to me, and I'm not going to get too much into this. Is how great this is, right? Mm -hmm. And just how terrible the DC movies are. They're just (laughs) such garbage compared to this. And this movie had everything to lose, right? Yeah. They've been building for it for 10 years, right? There's a lot of pressure, I would say. Yeah, and and the Russo brothers are fantastic. Every every movie that the Russo brothers put their hands on, they were uh, Winter Soldier... They did okay. Civil War. They're, those two are my... Winter Soldier was my number one first. I, I love Winter Soldier. I, I do. I also love Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is just a great movie. Civil War was like a number two, because that's a great movie with a fantastic yeah, ending. Yeah, that's not as good for me. But like I, everything that they've yeah. touched so far has been fantastic. Yeah. All, all I had to say was like... Uh, and then like executive producing is Tim Gunn. I think... Uh, uh, Tai Watiti was did some producing and stuff mm-hmm. like that too, and so like all because Kevin Feige has this vision and it's just unbelievable. And I try not to be right. too about this because I know it annoys everybody because I'm the only person in our group yeah, that I'm I'm talking about this stuff. Right now. I kinda but like, shut up. But someone told I, I someone told me way back when that Iron Man was going to be a movie with Captain America and Thor. I was like, no way. No way is it going to work, or is it going to be good? And now you're saying that Iron Man's in a movie with 700 other people, and it was probably one of the best action movies ever made. Okay, calm down with that. God, what is with you this week? The listen, amount of times, listen, Mister Mister, I just saw it. This is the greatest thing ever. You've done it like three or four times this week. What the? Heck it's is great. Going on with you? Right. But anyways, so, so listen, before we get yeah. before we get to the spoiler part, I I would I want to make one suggestion. I mean, most people I think go, who go to these movies probably know this, but stay stay till after the credits, uh, because I mean, not only do you want to read about 
like the the personal chefs uh, for for you know Hemsworth and and uh, and Robert Downey Jr. I mean they they have credits there as well because I started reading the credits and looking at some weird stuff. Uh, but yeah, definitely stay to the end of the credits because there's a little scene at the end uh, that's, that's that I think is worth watching. Um, so I would say at this point, let's transition. Uh, let's this is this is abundant warning to anyone listening to this who does not want to be spoiled. Wee you, wee you. We are about to talk about some things. We're not going to talk for too long, maybe about five more minutes or so. Um, but we're going to talk about maybe some some spoilery stuff here. So if you if you haven't seen it yet, if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, skip ahead about. About five to, to seven minutes or so in the recording, uh, you can check the you can check the description for timestamps, and you can see when uh, when Justin's comic pull starts to, to to move ahead. All right. So, with that in mind, I have I do actually have a complaint about okay, the movie. All right, okay. um, and so my complaint is: Did these people never watch Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan? Like I don't understand. It's really simple. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Like freaking Spock sacrifices himself to save everybody else he does it why because the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and the stupid mantra that goes on throughout this movie we don't trade lives i'm sorry watch star trek to rathacon okay just just watch <laughs> so star trek to rathacon i don't understand this. it's really simple right. don't watch search for spock obviously but in the it's end a, it's an it odd did, number it watch the matter, even right? numbered one is a very good lesson oh man but in the end, it didn't matter, though, right? Because it still got sure. out of his forehead. And that's fine. <laughs> However, I would have liked to have seen what would happen if that... What's her name again? I totally forget Elizabeth Olsen's character. Uh, Scarlet Witch. Sky Witch? Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. See, this is yeah. how I'm a cat. No, she's Sky Witch. That's what her name is. Okay. <laughs> Sky Witch is good. Anyway, she's, she's, she's annoying, is what she is. Because, like, I get it. You love them, sure, but like my wife and I, we often talk about these types of things. Like, if we're ever put in a situation where like we have to make the choice between each other or like the saving the world, like we don't even hesitate. Maybe we just don't love each other that much. That's certainly possible. Uh, but <laughs> I think it just means we're better heroes. It's more of a than, commentary you know, on your relationship all. than anything. It could be. It could be that. But it's just like I would have liked to have seen her. Just destroy the damn thing a little bit sooner, and then if it, if it didn't mean anything, then that's even better because it means like, oh, I just agonized and did that thing, and it didn't even matter. But like waiting to the last second, like, come on. Come but you could on. argue, you could argue too that it, not only did she blow it up out of his head, but then she, she saw him die twice, which is rough. Like she killed well, him, then he gets that's brought back she to gets. life, and she gets, yeah. then he gets brought back to life and have it torn out of his forehead, and then he dies again. So that's to sure. me, it's still pretty cool. A few things yeah, that really st- stood out to me that was really neat. Um, I thought the Hulk fight in the beginning was great. Um, where it's like, oh, here we have a Hulk. Loki does the same thing that happened to him. And then yeah. Hulk gets the ever-living crap beaten out of him. Like, yeah, not even close. And that really does a really good job of setting the stage of how powerful this guy is. Like, but it wasn't by Thanos, right? It was by Thanos'... Uh, no, Thanos. Guy. Thanos just... Was that Thanos who did it? He just straight up beat now. him up by himself. And like yeah. that set the pace of, okay, this guy's good. Okay. Yeah. And then so, deaths left and right. Hmm. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It starts yeah. off with uh, yeah. uh, no, starts off with Heimdall. So there goes. Uh, I almost got up and walked out because that dude's like, like, no. like, you don't kill. Idris Elba so so handsome. You don't kill Idris Elba. Like, what do you? Well, really, when you think about it, it What's starts the with point to watch now. You know? It starts with all the Asgardians. If you really think about it, every Asgardian is dead. Yeah, but the only one that really matters is Heimdall, right? Yeah, like, that's all that matters. He right? has really cool looking eyes, 
And then right. Loki hits the bucket pretty good. And this time it seems yeah. for real. But he's died three times. Probably for so. real. You never know. Yeah. And then, let's see what else happens. Then the Gamora death was mm-hmm. was rough. And it was good. Um, I thought, like, like, she's an idiot. Like, when well, she yeah. was... For a few things, there's a few things. Like, first of all, like again, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Like, again, watch Star Trek to Rathacon. It's really okay. simple. All right, okay, all right. Like, I understand that your sister is getting tortured and whatnot. That's great, but you know what's going to happen. You you know what's going to happen. So just don't say anything. You know, gosh. And then the second thing is when she gets up to the place, and he, the guy like Thanos sitting there standing over, and he's like, "You got to give up something you love." right a soul for a soul and she's by the way they had already mentioned earlier that hugo weaving was never going to play red skull again right i was like i was like like, oh my god because i heard his voice i was like that's hugo weaving and i was like it's him because i knew i knew i knew for the longest time that he didn't die i knew he didn't die and he was just transported by the cube and i've been saying this for years and i was like i was right i was finally right about something and i thought that whole thing was cool so. I thought the I thought the conversation over. She just starts laughing. Like it's clearly obvious. Like what's going to happen here? Like yeah, yeah. You know but still I mean? so, though, like, I thought I thought it was done well. Of. Like Thanos was really a great villain, and I thought I was afraid that his CGI was going to be terrible. But sometimes the CGI looks so good. Like yeah, it's okay almost. Sometimes it's I did almost not real. like the CGI that they put on Carrie Coon, who was Proxima something or other. I can't remember her lot. Her, her, her oh name, yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I did not like Proxima. I felt minute. like, yeah, I felt like there was like stuff on her face, like there was like CGI going on her face or something. Yeah. I'm like, I, I thought it was unnecessary. But I could the be totally guy, wrong the, it. It just weird. the one with the weird face that was torturing Doctor Strange, though, I thought mm-hmm. he looked really, really. He good. was cool. I liked he him. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But I and I, the other I, one, I love um, Carrie Coon. So I was like, why you do? Why you do that to her? Why? why? Like she was in the leftovers. What's wrong with you? You can't <laughs> do that to her. And also yeah. the one that played the glaive, the one with the giant spear. I thought he looked really cool too. Hmm. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, it was definitely cool. Uh, what else is interesting? Uh, let's get to the biggest thing: the fact that literally yeah, almost and... everyone's dead. Almost everyone's dead. Okay, like, like, not oh, like who like, the the of the big ones? It's Spider Man, right? Like Spider Man's that big was one, the roughest. So, one. it it kind of was, but like at the same time, like. Spider Man isn't a major like he he's yeah. not he hasn't been a major player like he's a, he's the newbie and plus it also is gonna like the whole the kid thing with Iron Man like he's kind I, I of think I think that's his dad yeah, yeah I think that's a a big part of that whole thing where he's yeah he's taking it so like he's like I don't want to I don't want to that type of stuff where it's just like oh, yeah. Yeah. that's that's the next level of, like he's a kid that's a right. kid. Which right. is, you know, I know he's a superhero, I get whatever. But, like, he's right. a kid, and that whole thing was really rough. Like, when you see Bucky die, you're just right. like, oh, boy. I'm okay good. with that, though. Like, I, I still think, I mean, the core is still there, though. Like, Iron Man is still there. Captain America is still there. Everyone Thor who was in the there. original Avengers. Those are the core. Are all the alive. one that was, like, shocking me was, like, Black Panther. Like, yeah. What? My like, theater. What? My theater was broken up about that. I like, was shocked. Like, they I go, had, again, <gasps> Wow, like I was just there was an audible gasp in the entire theater when T'Challa died, and I was just when when he goes to pick up like his yeah I thought she was gonna die I thought it was her that was gonna go yeah and then it's like totally flipped and I'm like oh my that was the most surprising one yeah especially with really surprising with how popular he is right now he Mm -hmm. is he is like on top of the Marvel world with how popular he is and they're like nope he's dead he's dead. 
Yeah, I was surprised Doctor Strange as well. I thought yeah. he had more left to offer. And then also um, Star-Lord. Like, yeah. That, that was like... Every one of the Guardians are dead. Every Guardian is dead. Did uh, Wait, did did Rocket go? No, Rocket didn't No, Rocket's him. alive. Rocket's still alive. Yeah, but Rocket had so to watch Groot. Rocket had to watch Groot die again. There's there's yeah. so many little things where it's just it's like... It's a different Groot. It's rough. <laughs> Apparently, he's... According the to, Groot stuff is hilarious, by the way. Like, according to Tim Gunn, he's supposed to be Groot's kid. Like, okay. he's actually... Yeah. I knew they were different Groots. But, like... So, yeah. Like, yeah, some of those rough. things... I'm just really curious what they're going to do in the next one. Like, I really... I, like, I hope that it's not just going to be these deaths are going to get rewritten and they're going to do a whole, like, little time thing where, like, let's rewind time and everyone's okay. Ha, 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 ha. None of this well, really happens. I really hope a lot theory. of the deaths stick, you know? Here's my theory. Okay. So, uh, one thing that has not been said in all of these movies, the one thing that has never been said in every single Marvel movie, they have never said Avengers Assemble. And the person who says Avengers Assemble has always been Captain America. It's always right. been his thing. Right. So, what is going to happen in this next movie? Even in the, at the end of Age of Ultron, he almost says it, but he doesn't say it. They cut off at the end. What's going to happen is they're going to get the gauntlet back. He's going to say Avengers Assemble, and they'll all come back. And that's what's going to happen. And they'll probably get people who do die that are part of the group yeah. in, the, in the final fight. But in I the do, end, he will bring every one of them back. That's and I feel happen. like, and I and I feel if that's, like, I think that makes sense. But at the same time, I feel like if that happens, I feel like that kind of makes this whole movie kind of undercut. Like, Will it's like, it cheapen okay. it a little bit? Sure. It yeah. does. It's like that Family Guy thing where they did that or those Brian two episodes died. where he kills Stewie <laughs> or Stewie kills Lois and all his other stuff. And then it, it all ended up just being a simulation. And like Brian and Brian's like, you know, it's kind of just like a big, you know, screw you to the audience. And it's just like, yeah, I kind of think well, that. So I that's think, how I am. I think in as the much end... as I love Guardians of the Galaxy, and I do, like, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I love, I like that series better than like all the super superhero stuff, right? So like so seeing the whole crew just basically die, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Well, I think well, there goes Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah. I think that, and when it's all said and done, there will be deaths. I think when it's when when the final movie's done, I, I, Cap's gonna be dead. I think he'll be done. There's going to be deaths. There's a good chance that that Tony will be dead or or Nick will be dead, but. There's going to be an all-out, because they didn't have the full... They haven't had everybody together. They haven't had their comic book moment. They haven't had their spread, you know, the the splash page moment that they have in every comic book. There wasn't right. that in this. The coolest thing they had was when they were tying him down, and they were trying to get the gauntlet off. That was probably the coolest everybody working together thing. Which that is wasn't even it, everybody. That was yeah, just it was like six people, yeah. compared to the 85 that are on the cast. <laughs> so, like, yeah, know, right? they haven't had that moment... Which everybody's waiting for, where you have, they're all in a line and they're all going at them, they're all doing their thing, right? And they have to have that moment where they're all together and they haven't done that yet. Even, and it was impossible to this movie too because there wasn't Hawkeye and there wasn't Ant Man, which right. is weird. It's probably just because of scheduling issues. But they, like, I mean, they addressed it like offhandedly yeah. in the movie about why they weren't. So they, they have to have that moment where all together. You have to get the Trinity back together. The Thor, Iron Man, and, and Cap back together. You have to get right. them back together, and and they're still they're still there. Yeah, so it's just going to be. I think that's the most obvious thing that's going to happen. They're going to somehow because the the thing was, uh, 
Doctor Strange said, I looked at every, I looked at five million, 500 million realities. This is the only way, yeah. And yeah. it must be because the only way to beat him is to give him the time gem. Because yeah. they're going to get it all back. And yeah. so, like, to me that makes sense. But beyond that, I thought the ending was great. I thought there's so many audible gasps in the theater when so many people die. I thought the ending with him just sitting there looking just somber and depressed is great. You feel for the guy, you know. I don't just, feel for him. Come on, it's, everyone it's, hates him at that point. Like he, with him, though, it's like he thinks of himself as the—he's the hero of the story. Yeah, because he, even though it's it's a burden for him to bear, he has to do it. Right. And it's a very interesting take on it. Before, right. In the comic books, is he he kills people to get his girlfriend because his girlfriend's death, and they kind of. In the first Avengers, they kind of poked at that idea that he'll bring death and he'll get to see death, and so he's happy. But mm-hmm. in this, it's more along the lines of he has to do it. He doesn't want to do it, but he has to. In order to save everybody, he has to kill half of everybody, much like in Wrath of Khan, right? Right. Well, I don't know. Well, anyways, that's that's my two takes on it. Would you recommend right. this film? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, totally see it. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of want to go you're... see it again on a bigger screen with uh, with better sound. I think it's going to be. Yeah. I, I want to see it again. So Fan- fantastic movie, highly recommended. Um, even a casual fan, hardcore fan, you got you got two different types here. Justin's However, this totally is not a jumping-off point. Uh, yeah, definitely <laughs> just... not. Like you definitely I mean, at the very I mean, honestly, least... if you're at the, if you're at this point in the review though, you you've already seen it because you're going <laughs> through the spoilers. Yeah. So this is kind of a weird thing. But anyway, we're going to end it very simply. Go see it. If you haven't seen it and you've heard us talk about it, go see all the stuff that we just talked about because it's, it's a great movie. Um, all right, man. I think I think we gotta we gotta close up on the breakdown for this week. Too much about this one. And you need to go. Uh, you need to go talk about uh, your comic pool, right? That sounds, sounds good? good. Yeah. All right, let's do it. It's time for the biweekly pool. All right, so today on my bi-weekly pool, I decided to pick, to keep in the theme of my DC Hanna-Barbera selections, there's another group of comics through DC, co-sponsored by Hanna-Barbera, called Scooby Apocalypse, starring, as you might think, the Scooby-Doo gang. So, oh. it's, uh, it's what it's about. It's uh, written by Keith Giffen and J.M. DiMatteis, and the art is done by Howard Porter. Um, so basically, this story is like a retelling of the uh, Scooby Gang, and the idea is we're in a world that things are kind of becoming a little bit overpopulated. Um, hey, I have a solution to that. I, okay, <laughs> is it involve <laughs> it six involves gems? a gauntlet, uh, six gems, some gems, okay, and a lot of travel. Okay, like, just a lot. So uh, Daphne and Fred are part of a, I guess, a mystery TV show. They go try and hunt down mysteries and unveil them. She used to be a high-level reporter, mm-hmm. but left her job to kind of seek this more niche uh, opportunity. Like reality TV show stuff? Like kind of, yeah. Kind of like, like, alien, uh, like alien history, stuff like that. So, like, she works for them. Fred's her cameraman. Uh, she's uh, a little bit tougher than your normal Daphne, and uh, Fred's kind of a giant, uh, 
I, I guess, a tool, you could say. Doesn't really care too much. Okay. Just not a great guy. They're out in this area. Velma works for a science company. And in the beginning of the comics, she releases some, uh, some nanobots into the sky. And working for the same science company is a man by the name of Shaggy. Shaggy is a dog trainer at this facility where they have okay. a dog that is a Great Dane that's part of a smart dog program where they're kind of reconstituting dogs and putting nanites in their bodies and also giving them smart technology so they can communi- communicate with normal people so they can kind of be like super guard dogs. Now, this is all a front for this uh, science facility because what they're really doing is releasing nanobots into the atmosphere. And the plan was to try and use this to lower people's urges of greed, jealousy, and anger so that it would make them a little bit less rowdy and have people get to get along better in this high-populated world. But what they were really doing was trying to create uh, kind of like sterilized zombies. And so Velma figures out about sure. this. And she wants to try and have an expose on it. So she contacts uh, uh, Daphne to try and expose it and they all run into each other at the same time Shaggy and Scoob runs into him and they kind of work for the same facility he's like what are you guys doing here why are you talking to these so they're not they don't know each other they all just kind of get to know each other through this sequence of events and what they do find over time is when the nanites are activated they all become giant monsters much like the monsters from the cartoon so like these big Monsters have overrun the area, and they have to get in what is a... uh, It's called the Mystery Machine, because it was being worked on in in mystery down in the basement of the science facility. Oh, so that's why it's called Yeah. So they get in the Mystery Machine. It's kind of like an armored vehicle. And their job is to try and stave the the horrors of this post-apocalyptic monster-ridden world with uh, Scooby and the gang. And... At the end of it, at the end of this little first volume, there is the introduction of another smart dog. Uh, a smaller smart Wait, dog. Can I guess? Can I guess? You may guess who it is. Is it is it Scrappy? It's Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo yeah. shows up by the end I of it. That, I never would have thought I'd been so excited to see Scrappy Doo, but Scrappy Doo is super awesome. You're a fan of Scrappy? I, like was Scrappy? A, I was a kid. I love Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo oh, was great. I hated Scrappy. I love Scooby. I hated Scrappy. So, I found him so annoying. The overall this thing is the art's really great. Um, it's really, really good stylized art. Fantastic. The story is interesting. It's a nice little twist on a, you know, a really common uh, IP. Um, it's not as serious as the Flintstones thing because the Flintstones thing is very... <laughs> Very serious and really, really interesting and hard hitting. This is just more fun and an interesting little twist on a really well known IP, and um, it's it's just a fun comic book. And you see like a, a new way to kind of like show these guys go through horrible things in a, in a different scenario, which you know, and like you have your normal stuff like hey Scoob and all that stuff like that. They do all those little things, and uh, Scooby always wants to eat because he's a dog. That was pretty solid for uh, not really trying. That's good to be yeah, done. Yeah, you know, I, I do what I can do. But I, I suggest it for the casual reader if you just want to read something that's a little bit 
funny and interesting. You're not going to get any life lessons out of this, though. It's not I got to tell those. you, it sounds really dumb. And I say <laughs> it, that as in a complimentary way. But, like, like you're not. I say not, it in a good way. I really do. Not I mean, everything like, has to be flame and young. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to have some fries. You, just you know want, what I mean? Like, Sometimes you just want a stinky cheeseburger, and that's what this is. <laughs> why is it? Why is the cheeseburger stinky? Because they're good. There's all the onions. So it's uh, it's a good <laughs> it's a good fun book, but don't think that you're getting any life lessons out of it. So that's Scooby Apocalypse by DC Comics, again written by Keith Giffen and J M DeMatteis, and drawn by Howard Porter. So pick it up at your local comic book store today. Right on, right on. Thank you, man. Uh, I feel like it's time that we head over and uh, talk a little bit about our challenges for this week. Sounds fun. And now, it's time for the Gentleman's Challenge. All right, welcome to the Gentleman's Challenge. Uh, If this is your first time listening to the show, the Gentleman's Challenge is where Justin and I both assign each other some sort of challenge for the week. Uh, usually it's a TV show or a movie or a game to play. Usually something outside of our comfort zone or something we probably won't like because we want to drive the other crazy. And then to ensure that we do what we're supposed to do, we come back in the next episode and we quiz each other on what we were assigned. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start this week. Uh, this week, Justin assigned me the 2008 Wachowski's speed racer film adaptation (laughs) i'm sorry i was trying to get through it but i I got a little nauseous as i was just kind of going through what i just watched because it's not because it's bad just because i'm pretty sure i got like some sort of we're having seizures during the movies yeah i mean like there should have been warnings all over the place for that like in motion sickness it's crazy so anyway speed racer it's a 2008 film adaptation of a 1960s japanese anime or manga of the same name it was directed by the wakowskis uh so you know of matrix fame right it stars emil hirsch christina ricci and jack shepherd from lost but before he developed that terrible asthma that took away his ability to speak without breathing really really heavily (laughs) uh so yeah, so that's Matthew Fox anyway. But anyway, Speed Racer is the main character. It's played by Hirsch. Uh, he is the, I think it's the middle son of an independent racing family. Uh, Speed's older brother, Rex, uh, he died uh, fairly early in the movie, so I'm not really spoiling anything, during The Crucible, uh, which is a racing across, it was like a kind of a cross-country racing circuit. Uh, and Rex's death drives, get it? Get it? Drives Speed oh to, uh, whew, how's it going? Uh, to kind of do the same thing, to, to take up the family mantle and compete in the circuit uh, years later when he, he grows up. Uh, and along the way, Speed rejects the overtures of a couple different corporate sponsorships. Uh, he learns about corruption in the industry. Uh, he tries to fight said corruption with the help of, of Racer X. Uh, and he never seems too concerned that his younger brother is an absolute idiot and hangs out with a monkey. Not, uh, not a metaphor, like an actual monkey. Uh, and and that's it. That's the end. That's the that's the movie. There you go. That's what I got. Pretty exciting. Uh, overall, I didn't like it, but that's to be expected. Um, <laughs> I I I'm pretty sure I watched this at some point in the past, like when it was on maybe it was on FX or something. I didn't watch it in theaters. Uh, I, when I saw the when I saw the trailers of this way back in the day, uh, like ten years ago at this point, I uh, I knew that it was going to be bad. Like I just I like 
on the one hand, I appreciate what the Rakowskis were doing, like stylistically, we're trying to do something a little different, a little vibrant. Like I appreciate it, but on the other hand, like in all practicality, like I just think that it just doesn't look good. It looks, it looks so like bad. it just looks like somebody like ate up a ate a bunch of Fruit Loops and just sort of <laughs> vomited it all over like a TV screen, you know? And I and and that's 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 maybe a little harsh. But... Call that the Cosby sweater. Right there. No, no, no. We can't make those references. We can't do that. No, we're a clean. For a clean podcast um but yeah i i didn't really like it. i mean it was fine it was funny at times i actually found the little brother uh, uh the funniest uh like what was his name spriddle or something like that uh he was kind of funny him and the monkey like they, i got chuckles out of them um from time to time despite the fact that it has john goodman and susan sarandon in it as uh speed's parents uh who and i love both of those those actors uh like they, they didn't really do much uh in, in the actual movie and john goodman was wrestling people they talked about okay yeah, it was okay. It was all right. Anyway, um, I don't recommend it. Like, I definitely, if you're a Speed Racer <laughs> fan, just go watch the anime. It's way better. Like, it's just way better than the <laughs> I was doing some research into it really briefly, and it made, like, very, like, compared to how much it, I think it was $120 million budget, and it made, like, 93 what million. What cost $120 million? Was... And that's before marketing. What? Before they get into all the marketing and advertising. And, what? And, yeah, and they apparently were going to do a sequel because there's some stuff at the end that like kind of cliffhanger, but not super cliffhanger. What would they have uh, spent 120 million dollars on the green screen cloth? Is that what was the most expensive? It's on whatever asthma medication Jack Shepard needed to make sure that he could <laughs> utter his lines without breathing really heavily. Uh, we gotta go back. We gotta go back, Kate. Um, please, before you go into Ant Man. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I don't recommend it. It, it was bad. Uh, it was two hours and 14 minutes of bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm so tired of you giving me two hour plus movies that are bad, uh, that are based on anime. Apparently it's next a you get Next you get the three hour Transformers movie. I've <laughs> seen the Transformers. The three hour one? I can't believe yeah, that. Yeah, I think I have. Oh I God, know. it was so bad. Aren't they was... all kind of just the same movie? Just Yeah. Just, well, robot just superimpose Mark Wahlberg's face over that other guy's face. Watch out, these robot guys are trying to kill us. They are. I don't know. It's really crazy. All right, so here's your quiz questions. <laughs> I'm going to fail this one so hard. I was all not right. paying attention at all. So, <laughs> according to John Goodman, okay, who controls the media? Who? And it's not oh, as God. awful um, as what other people say usually. Yeah, I know. But oh, who man. controls the media? According the, to John Goodman, I don't know. Like the rich, greedy corporations, I'm, I'm not really sure. That would be my guess. I'll give like you a, a partial credit. It's the sponsors. Okay. The sponsors okay. control the media, so I'll give you like a half okay. credit for that one. Okay, okay. fair That's enough. Good. Fair enough. Right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Question number two: How long does it take to finish a car in that giant factory that they were being driven through during the movie? Oh That's, my gosh! How long does it take uh, to finish one race car. Yeah, I actually remember that scene. Um. But I don't remember the answer. Darn it. They're saying it takes a certain amount of time from getting to end to make one car. I know a it was speed car. I know it was 32 hours to make like the one at the end by the racer family. But I don't remember the thing. So I'm just gonna say 32 hours because maybe it's the same thing. Who knows? It was 36 hours. Oh right. come on. 36 that's, the whole point of the end of the movie is that, that they're better than the factory oh that's right Come on. Oh, that, oh, oh, okay all right all right question number three what did speed's brother say saved his life 
when they got in a car crash when Speed was really young. So his brother said that something saved his life. He told him mm-hmm. that because he was because of this, his life was saved during that car crash. Hmm. I see. Um, his love for his family. Um, close. <laughs> it was not, his. That's not, that's not it. That's oh, okay. not the real answer. Uh, was this what he was going like with the whole, you should close your eyes when you drive. It is not that part, but it was that age. It was that age. Yes. But wasn't that part. Oh, I thought it was like, you close your eyes and you can just feel it. And you have like that internal connection. Cause apparently the car isn't just metal. It's a living, breathing thing. And they'll tell you where you want to go. I want to be like, uh, this is why you got in a car. That's how I'm going to drive my car to work tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to close my eyes. And yeah, uh, yeah, that's my guess. I don't know. It is because he was wearing his red socks. His red socks. Oh my god, that's him. right. That's right. Which kid, uh, for some reason was a big deal kid. because during whenever Speed Racer poses, oh I'm you so see bad. his red socks with his high waters. I'm so bad. I knew that one. Oh, yeah, that I'm sorry. It's a pretty good question. Uh, no, no, I, I know. I totally, I totally got that one wrong. I know. Last question. Right. This is an important one. I don't care. The transitions of the Is movie. Right? The transitions of the movie. There were transitions in this movie? You know how, like, <laughs> the most stylized transitions ever made. Were they great transitions or the greatest transitions? Not they the were the greatest transitions. You were absolutely right, so you get yourself a point for that one because those nice. are some of the greatest. There was once a transition of a burning man running across the screen and then I know, was a transition to one. a new scene. It's I like, remember that one. Oh that was my like God. the old-timey one, too. That was like the old-timey <laughs> dude running towards the screen. <laughs> when he was doing like... So they did, a, they did a wipe with a burning man, which, yeah. which also brought up a question to me in this movie. Who's this movie for? Because you it's can say PG. it's for kids. It's yeah, PG, but like, dude. But like they, the the monkey throws poop at a guy's face. Well, I mean, what else are you gonna do with a monkey, right? As, oh, okay, all right. Anyways, yeah. those are my quiz questions. Got one and a half. This is an off day for you. I gotta say, an off yeah. day. But there yeah. you go. This is Speed Racer. Yeah. All right, man. So I don't really care. Like honestly, it's <laughs> over. Like I'm just glad it's over. Like this was the worst. Like I'd rather go watch Boss Baby. No, that's not true. <laughs> Boss Baby still worse than this. All Speed right. Racer was at least like, you know, visually appealing. There's, there's fights. Was it visually appealing? I thought it was. Visually it was. It appeals. It appeals to like a future human being once we evolve and we have the ability to see, <laughs> to see like, extra to colors dimensions because <laughs> it was just too much. All yeah. right, uh, moving on. What were you assigned this week? Jeff? I was assigned the 1997 uh, Gene Roddenberry masterpiece, Earth. Indeed. The Final Conflict. That is correct. Um, Earth: The Final Conflict uh, was made in ninety seven. I don't know what I don't know what channel this premiered on. It must have been. I the think UPN. it was Canadian originally. I don't okay. remember how it got to the U.S. I'm not sure. I've watched it at some point. But, but anyways, okay. yeah. the story revolves around it's a couple of years in the future, I believe, and an alien race has visited Earth, and they have an arbiter. It speaks to the human uh, race. His name is, uh, oh man. Oh, what's his, her name? Anyways. Jim. It's Jim. Yeah. It's like a guy, girl. It's a very uh, autonomous creature. You don't know if it's a female or male. They don't really. They yeah, they, their, their concept of, of gender and sexuality is a little different. Yeah, yeah so like. Anyways, they visited Earth and they want to uh, give Earth 
great technologies and bring it into the next, I guess, level of evolution. And so uh, not many people agree with this. So it starts off with uh, a, a rally to welcome them to our planet uh, and welcome their system into our planet. And there's an assassination attempt. And in doing so, uh, they kill the guy who's in charge of the program to integrate them with uh, human life. And the head of security, who might be the best actor ever made ever, um, gets involved in a deep type of double agent uh, scenario where he his, his best friend was the sniper. So his best friend brings him in saying that they're more than what they seem and that he needs to get their trust and becomes a du- double agent with this new society. They implant... Uh, like a, a protein into his brain that makes him smarter and faster and think better, um, which is smarter. I said that twice. Um, and then, so clearly I haven't had it. Uh, yes, so clearly. they also put an implant on his arm that makes him like shoot laser beams from his arm. Uh, yes. So there's that. Yes. Um, and so in the process of doing so, his wife was killed. And yep. with his wife dying... He kind of is pushing the direction to be a part of this program. And so mm-hmm. the question mm-hmm. is, who killed his wife and what's, exactly. the, what's going on? In the first two episodes, you find out who kills his wife, but it's all kind of put together to kind of like get him pushed in the right direction. Right. So exactly. um, this show's terrible. That's uh, not true. You're so mean. The acting is so bad by the Sometimes lead. you need to look past the production I am willing to. I am willing to. The story and ideas. The story and the ideas are interesting. Come on. I will agree with that. The the setting and the story, okay. Okay. Interesting. The main actor might be one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my entire life. I actually thought he was the best of everyone on the cast. He's so bad. When he's yelling, when when he's being like injected with his stuff and he's yelling, like, what? It's so bad. He's very... Like, I always found him to be very methodical and patient. He speaks a lot like this. Even when he's upset. It's... Even when he's angry. Like, it's just kind of monotone. He's... Um, yeah, he, yeah, he's like he's reading them straight off the paper. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. so bad. Uh, I definitely agree. Like, the production isn't great. Like, Which I can get time, by because, like... So who cares? Yeah, yeah. But I can get over because, like, there's plenty of shows that are like that where the production's not great. Yeah. But they still have interesting, fun stories and, you know, charming, well, I, charming I, I actors. Production is not horrible either. Because it's 1997 and, like, the aliens look cool. And I thought that one part in, in the second episode... Even though like, one, of the, all... one of the biggest things about the alien being different is that the person is clearly standing on a box. Like, that's... <laughs> most of the time, well, that's the difference. I mean, different cultures. You know, yeah, yeah. Some, of them, some of us stand on boxes. Yeah. Some of us put things in boxes and ship them across like, the country. Let's not see their legs... But their knees are clearly two feet higher than this guy's knees. That's what that was funny. But like you're you're right. Like I'm I'm I am looking past the production value, even though for the time okay. the production value seems pretty good. Because it's okay. You you look at like Next Generation at that time, they're kind of on par with that stuff. Well, Next Generation was 1980. Was it 88? It started. Yeah, but they finished the up. Mid-90s. Yeah, mid 90s. So like I think it's I think it's fine. It's just the acting so terrible. Yeah and yeah it was okay uh, yeah i don't i mean i don't think it was great yeah but and, I definitely and think to me i don't think i don't better. think the story is good enough for me to try and stick with 
Like the ideas are interesting, but I no, I, I definitely like the problem is is like like when when we're viewing it from the lens of we have certain television shows like The Expanse yeah, or like Killjoys or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. It's hard to, yeah. It's hard to but I can right, get we're... behind old stinky effects. I can get sure. behind those. But just right. because I can, like, the charm of it's interesting. But to me, this, this show is just, ugh. Acting is terrible. Acting That's does fine. not change due to special effects. Somewhere Gene Roddenberry is rolling his grave. Which I think I know what the theme is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The theme That's is not obvious. Gene Roddenberry. Yes, it is. It's totally. What do you, what do you think the theme is? The blonde chicks in both TV shows. It is, it is not Lisa Ryder. She's no. in both of them. I know she is. Yeah, she's uh, she plays. I, Kate like, I, th- I thought that. Oh, and Becca I'm, Valentine. I'm gonna make him think that it's Gene Roddenberry, but really, you know, I'm gonna go. The third challenge is Jason X because she stars in that. <laughs> no. I thought about doing that, but no, it's a Gene Roddenberry. I thought you could give me a little swervy swerve. That's no, how's no, that. No, no, no. All right, all right. You, you ready? You ready? I, guess, I don't know if I'll do well, but we'll try. That's fine. That's fine. You sounded sound like you watched it. Okay. Uh, what two major tourist attractions appear in the opening credits? What two major did you watch the opening credits they are the worst like the opening credits like if you're watching it for the first time spoil the hell yeah they tell you everything oh my gosh that's like the not the right way to do three years have gone by and his (laughs) family's dead and like oh my god his wife is dead and it's just like wait i just met his wife i know it's like like, he just ruined it for me she's doomed oh um so which two which two is it empire state building that you're fine. I don't know. I couldn't remember. I was the pyramids in Stonehenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. What kind of car was Kate Boone driving when she was killed? What kind of car was Kate Boone driving when she was killed? Was it a Stratus oh, or a Dodge it Neon? Me. It was not a Dodge. I'm sorry. It was a Volvo. It was a Volvo. That's a pretty detailed question. That seems fair. That seems like a fair question. That's, that's fine. There's nothing deeper to it. All right. All right. Let's see how much you're paying attention. Okay. It's clearly not good enough. All right. What was the license plate of the car that blew her up? Yes, it's true. It's true. <laughs> What football team does the main character Boone? What does he? Who does he root for? What? Yeah. When did this that one's, this one's, Oh yeah, it's there. It's you gotta make an intuitive leap from some evidence suggested. That's that's it's uh, probably some bad sound effects there. <laughs> the Eagles? The... Is it the Eagles? I don't oh, know. that is incorrect. Uh, it's the the Colts. Uh, there is an Indianapolis what? Colts helmet. Little little tiny helmet on his police desk <laughs> that was shown numerous times. This is the most detailed episode. questions I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, okay, here, right. we, go, here we go. Here we go. This is okay, two more, two more, two, two more. Two okay. More. Okay. What was wider? Okay. Okay. Boone's cop partner's tie in the All opening right. episode. All right. Or Boone's eyes when he was undergoing the implant procedure. That's free. Tough. Which was I'm, wider? I'm gonna have to go the tie. That uh, is the correct answer. Absolutely, his, his eyes were even his eyes were poorly acting during that yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> that tie was so 
why oh my goodness <laughs> it's like and a second shirt skinny too too like the guy the, the actor is pretty skinny okay okay here is the here's the big one ready here we okay. go which Watchmen superhero made a cameo appearance, and who did they play? Watchmen superhero. Yeah, don't you go Google on this. Come on, you can do this. When I saw this, I was like, "Is that? That is." What Watchmen superhero? Yeah, Watchmen superhero, like the Watchmen. From the movie? From the movie, yeah, of course. So like an actor. Of course. I don't... Uh, okay, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. You ready? Sure. Okay, it was Malin Ackerman. Uh, so that's like Lori Jupiter or Silk Spectre. The girl? Uh, yeah. So, so, but she shows up as the computer avatar interface that Boone's wife was that her speaking to after working out in the second episode. Yes, that was her. It was her first acting credit. All right. And in, in uh, respects, night. though, uh, he wasn't working out. He was just dripping hot wax on his own chest. He's some type of weirdo. <laughs> what, what, a weird, like a... what a strange. All right. They want to be like, oh, okay, hold on. He let's, had like let's... a stocking on his arm, too. I don't know what <laughs> let's he was address, doing. Let's, let's address this particular <laughs> scene. He's sitting there, and I guess they're trying to be like, oh, this guy's crazy. You won't believe right, exactly. how crazy he is. He's exactly. sitting in like a pentagram, and then just sitting there pouring wax on his chest uh-huh. in his underwear. And then when mm-hmm. his alarm system comes on, because they tracked him down, yeah, uh, he gets up and puts a set of stockings on his arms. On his arms. On his for arms. no reason. And then starts oh, rubbing his... He starts rubbing his face with the stockings for no reason. There's a reason, but you have to watch further into the show to find out. You have to watch more episodes. And when you find out, Justin, it's going to blow your mind. It's just like a face. When you find out, make sure to tell me because I have no idea. (laughs) Because I've only watched two episodes. That was one of those things where I'm watching like, what is happening right now? Like, I don't understand. All right. Anyways. So you got you got one, and you got one. Yeah, one out of five. Yeah, because these are very easy to. Oh come uh, answer. on! The Colts one was so obvious, and it was NFL <laughs> draft week. I thought it was a, it was it made sense. That made sense. Uh, okay. Yeah, he, he had a personally signed uh, <laughs> Johnny Johnny Unitas mug on his. It desk. was right there. It was a Colts thing. Oh whatever. <laughs> All right, you ready for new challenges? I am ready. Okay, here we go. To round out the Gene Roddenberry trilogy. Oh, boy. I would like you to watch. Farscape. Farscape? Farscape. That's not Gene Roddenberry. Please. It's the Jim Henson Company. Whatever. I would like you to watch the first two episodes of Star Trek, the animated series from the 1970s. (laughs) What? There's an animated series? There's an animated series. It has all the voices of the original Star Trek cast. (laughs) It's on Netflix. It's from the 70s. The first two episodes. It's fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. I know it's going to be tough for you because it's the 70s. So you're going to assume it's terrible because it wasn't made within the past 10 I seconds. Like, so I like 70s. Like, I like okay. old stuff like that. All right. So it's on Netflix. There's two seasons worth. I just want the first two episodes. Well, I Jeff, know. I have one for you. And I've had oh, my boy. own trilogy going on here. All right. Really? I don't know if you've noticed it. So it's all unlike these... you to rip 
everything off from me. It's yeah, no, so I never do this. Un- I mean, like, you never take all my jokes. I have another one for you. I thought about doing this other one coming up. Yeah. But I was okay. talking to my friend. He sent me a message on uh, on my phone earlier. He goes, did you know that they have a film adaptation, a real-life adaptation of this? So to round out my trilogy of film adaptations of old cartoons, right? Okay. Did you ever watch a TV show on Toonami called Reboot? Uh, I have not, but I, I have seen the Netflix show. It's about them like playing video games or something, right? Wait, so you right? saw the show? No, I've not seen it. I've seen a Netflix movie about it, though. So you saw it? it was a, have you watched uh, it? I didn't get all the way through it. I probably watched maybe the first half an hour, and then I bailed. So that's what I wanted you to watch. Is reboot. You want to finish it? God damn. You're going to have to finish that It movie. was really bad. It was really bad. Good. Uh, all right. Reboot. Perfect. I got it. I know what it is. Reboot was – so Reboot was a cartoon. It was like one of the – a really early CGI cartoon. Yeah. That not yeah. many – not many – people know about it but it was tsunami i watched it a ton when i was a kid the idea was uh, is that there's okay. there's a world inside of your computer yeah I and know. i watched it, was it like I was a, it's like a tron ripoff I got yeah it. kind of yeah so you're gonna watch the film adaptation of reboot on netflix that's gonna be your assignment now the reason one of the reasons why i wanted to do that because i also want to kind of watch it and see how terrible it is so i know you always yeah i know all right man i think we've reached the end of the episode uh let's uh let's tell them where they can find us uh so if you're you're looking to find us on the interwebs you can find us on twitter at lollygagger co and also online at our website lollygaggerco.com that's two l's and two g's and a co at the end uh you can find us anywhere you can find podcasts we're on itunes we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're on google play music all sorts of different places and we do have a youtube channel where we're posting some of our or all of our episodes thus far uh justin you doing any streaming lately i haven't i'm taking a little bit of hiatus until football is over but i'm gonna do a whole bunch this summer uh okay. when it's when it's all said and done and have plenty of time to do all that but my twitch handle is jehufa that's j-e-h-o-o-f-a-h so twitch.tv slash jehufa you can find me uh, but when football season's over, I'll be getting more into it and doing a lot more stuff. Right. So. Good deal. Good deal. And on that note, I think it's time we, uh, we say thank you oh, yeah. to the people who made this episode possible. Um, and I don't just mean us. I mean, just, you know, like, like people you know, out in the world. So to my college's nursing department, your commitment to creating realistic scenarios for our nursing students is unmatched across the industry, as evidenced by your use of fecal spray and all sorts of goos. Thank you. Oh my God. Uh, I'd like to thank the IMAX theater that had the only seat available for us when we're trying to see uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War. Was literally 90 degrees at an angle to where our seats was, so there's no possible way we could have ever seen the movie. So, thank you, IMAX. Oh my god. Okay, to the about dozen kids or so under the age of 10, uh, maybe under the age of 8, who came running into the bathroom at the same time, all at the same time after the Infinity War showing, your presence created a chaotic atmosphere that mirrored the plot lines of the movie. And yes, I agree with you. Should have more stools for you to use the urinals. Thank you. And I want to give a legitimate thank you. Uh, my kids found out about the podcast. They've been going on there and downloading it, and they've all been really, really nice and supportive and trying to embarrass me in class by playing it in the middle of everything, which is hilarious to f- hear my dumb voice in front of everybody. 
But I do want to thank all you kids out there for supporting your dumb geometry teacher and downloading stuff. I have a couple that legitimately listen to it every day because uh, they're trying to catch up and stuff like that. So thank you guys so much for supporting your fat geometry teacher. So hey, do, thanks, uh, guys. Do they, do they like me better? Uh, no, it's impossible because I'm that good of a teacher. That's why. Uh, all right. Good night.